Choose life. Choose a sport. Choose a drop zone. Choose a start time. Choose a fucking big jump plane. Choose turbine engines, speed, unlimited altitude, and endless horizons. Choose height, no low turns, and travel insurance. Choose jump tickets. Choose tiny action cameras. Choose your mates. Choose a rig and matching helmet. Choose swoop shorts and a range of fucking fabrics. Choose 120 vertical speed and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch, watching debriefs, spirit-saving slow-mos, smashing beers after last load. Choose standing on the podium at the end of it all. Choose a win you'll love every time. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you fly NZ Aerosports? Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe... There's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports, fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it, swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3, when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2, if you're looking to up your new swoop game. The Leia as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast, or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top of the line kick-ass stuff as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, and fuck it. Who the, who, who are you? Everybody knows who I am. Yeah. I've been on here a few times already. Once or twice. Yeah, it's Junior. Nice. With you. Nice. Mr. Mr. Ludvig. How's everything going? Oh man, you know, it's uh, another day, another dollar, up and down. 
Yeah. Weather's kind of nice and, and uh, um, not doing too bad, although some people are freezing their asses off, I'm sure. I'm sure. End of the season for a lot of people, it's fucking uh, 2021. We made it. Yeah. We, Let's see what happens. Do we get the uh, the COVID Pro or the COVID Pro Max? What's going to be the next one? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking hell. Let's just stick with this one. I think, uh, um, I, well, who knows? I mean, hopefully uh, uh, shit will start to get back to a little bit more normal in 2021. And by the time the season kicks in stateside, uh, it's going you know kind of either that or everybody will be zombies from the from the vaccines that's I mean, what i'm hoping know. for though dude it's either normal or zombie apocalypse i mean everybody's been preparing for the zombie uh, apocalypse i mean i'm not sure which one i want bet more because i'm i'm pretty sure walmart's out of ammo i, I mean i really <laughs> right right yeah i, I kind of want to know although who knows this just could be the slow motion uh, zombie uh beginning Oh, where they got to die first and then they come back as a zombie? Something like that. I don't know. It's <laughs> fucking whatever. Hopefully it gets better. But we were talking actually because um, I had you repack me. Yeah, it's about fucking time. Yeah. Yeah, well, because I haven't jumped in a while, man. I, I didn't jump before uh, I went to Everest because I knew- You were afraid you were going to get hurt. You didn't want to fuck up well, your trip. <laughs> come on. What's the one way you know you're going to screw yourself up? You've got something huge, like lifelong bucket list plan to go hike to Mount Everest- how are you as a skydiver going to not get to do that dream? Well, at your age, getting out of the bed would be oh, more dangerous. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> no, you're going to twist your fucking ankle, land in your little 96 because something silly happened. And it doesn't even have to be. I mean, I was scared to walk down the street for like the month leading up to Everest because I'm like nothing. If I hurt myself trying to get to Everest, that's one thing. But if I hurt myself walking down the stairs out of the house... I remember at one point, I think I asked you to go hiking. You were like, nope, too close to Everest. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm like, no, there's not a goddamn <laughs> chance in hell. So yeah, no way was I going to jump back then. But now um, I'm going to go jump again. So, and I had to have you repack me because it's been a year since I jumped. Yeah. Yeah. And you started giving me shit. I did. Yeah. I gave you a little shit. One, because it's been over a year. Yeah. And uh, two, because we really needed to go through your gear. Yes, yes, I'm, for sure. I'm glad you did decide to repack your main, though. Yeah, of course. Well, it would have been such a soft opening, though. Or it would have been a brick. I mean, either way, the reserve was just repacked, so. Yeah, I think it would have been a soft opening. <laughs> Personally, a beautiful snivel, but. I mean, I've, I've left canopies packed for about six months before. Yeah. Well, so what was it? They did these drop tests a bunch of years back between with reserves, military reserves, and they did drop tests with one that had been packed that day and one that had been packed like 20 years before. And like the opening times were minuscule between the two. Yeah. Fractions of a second, I believe, or like yeah. a second difference. Yeah. Which, so why do we have repack cycles? <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> because riggers <laughs> like you need to. Be no, because. Depending upon the conditions where you're living, you know, military stuff is all stored well. And for anybody that's out there right now in their winter season and they've got their gear shoved someplace that it shouldn't be. I mean, we should be keeping our gear in someplace that's cool and, and dry. We don't want to keep it in, in a moist area that's, you know, 
heat <laughs> sure sure well um, in, the, in the trunk of your car for the entire the entire winter isn't necessarily the best place to have it <laughs> right uh speaking of that when people are packing up their shit for the winter they know they're not going to be jumping for a few months anyway rather than uh, inspecting their gear the week before they start jumping again what should they be looking for as they put stuff away so that <clears throat> when it's time to jump again they don't have to run to their friendly neighborhood rigger to have a line set or so what what would people i mean all the riggers out there are going to kill me. I mean, by saying a lot of the stuff because I mean, what rigger doesn't like a rush job on a on a back job? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I mean, realistically, we should be taking care of our gear. Um, if it's a main, depending upon the type of material that the mains may, uh, you know, built out of. If it's uh, especially with like the Petras and the and the Peregrines and stuff like that that are um, sail material, we should be opening it, folding it carefully. Um, putting it into a, in a stash bag and then, like I said, keeping it in a in a cool, uh, dry place. Sure. Um, if you are one of those people that you know leaves your stuff packed up, it should definitely be opened up after a, after a long uh, period of of not jumping. You mean like a year? <laughs> like a like a year, or I mean even even six months. I mean, like I said, I've I, and I'm the worst example of it, but I've I had uh, one of my petras that was sitting for about six months. Um, just because I hadn't, I hadn't jumped it and sure. hooked it up and put a jump on it. I mean, it was a, uh, it was an okay opening, but I could definitely see uh, some wear and tear. Um, it definitely had some some creases in it when I brought it back down, and some marks that um, it wouldn't have otherwise had had I had I left it in in good condition, opening it up, laying it out, putting like a paragliding pack job on it or something like that, where you're just folding it up nicely and and not cramming it into a, a d bag and leaving it there sure that type of material really you know even though it's amazing material it doesn't like to be stored like that do you recommend leaving it in the in the rig or do you re- recommend taking it out and maybe doing a rigger roll and putting it in a plastic bag or something that's exactly it so um doing a rigger roll putting it um if you're jumping a, a, a canopy like that you should have a, a stash bag for it or um, something that's made out of either nylon or um, something that's made out of a material, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of us have, um, we'll have bags that we, that we move, you know, we'll have, a, a canopy for speed. So we'll put that into, into a D bag, put it into a, a carrying bag that's made a little bit bigger. Sure. Um, what I do is I'll take my, my Petra out, I'll roll it up, lay it out flat, fold it nicely along the seams. Um, and then it fits in that bag. Now, what about really uh, nice. um, for we got a few low, lower time jumpers that listen that uh, want to know? Okay, I just got my first rig and I'm not flying a Petra, so I don't have to do any of this shit. No, what should I mean, still still keep it in a cool, cool dry place. Um, if you're not sure of what to do, you can stick it into a, a plastic tub. Um, leave, you can leave the reserve the way it is. You know, leave it leave it packed, leave it sealed, but make sure you uh, you plan to go see your rigger with plenty of time to to get it aired out, inspected, and repacked. Um, as you're you're doing it, I would definitely still recommend the same thing. You know, pop that main out um, if you have the space to do it. Um, we don't really want to leave it packed up, but there's not it's not going to really hurt it if you do. Sure. It. Well, they, I mean, they found over all these years some pretty interesting shit uh, in reserves, conditions of reserves that have been left for a long time in bad conditions and stuff. What's the strangest shit you've seen? Um, I've seen mold. I've seen um, holes from uh, and rat droppings from. Mice, that have, <laughs> mice have gotten into it because they've, you know, people have left it in their garage hmm. um, without having it in a tub or anything like that. They just had it in a in a regular gear bag, and the mouse found its way past the zipper and, you know, decided to make a winter home for itself. Jesus Christ! Um, 
That's that's a pretty goddamn expensive rat's nest. Yeah, the mold is probably is probably one of the worst. I mean, it's it's really hard to to get the mold. I mean, I, I guess it's not worse than holes in your canopy, mm. but I mean, it's uh, it sucks either it, way. Either way, it's I mean, it's uh, it's right. <laughs> that's that, that's a pretty expensive fuck up. So now, besides the gear, um, again, you were giving me shit because I haven't jumped in quite a while. Um, for uh, people that have gone a long time um, without. Uh, staying current or they've been very sporadically current as they're getting back into the season which the u.s will be doing in a few months um what do they need to be doing uh, first off what are the legal requirements and then what are the the smart things to do well the requirements are obviously by by license mm-hmm. um so um if you're not sure what it is you can go to uh, uspa.org um, look in the sim and the has got our information manual and in that the section covering licenses, it'll talk about what your um, what your requirements are per license. But for anybody that's that's taking any time off, and myself included, you know, I've been I've been out with an injury, but I'm still constantly going over emergency procedures. I'm constantly teaching emergency procedures. So that's that's the biggest thing is go over your emergency procedures before you're getting out. Make sure you're you're getting into a harness, you're pulling handles, um, you're getting used to you know to what you should be doing because complacency is the one thing in our sport that kills. Mm. So don't be complacent. Don't think that just because you have thousands of jumps that you can go up and and no problem, you know, you'll, you're going to be fine. Right? I've got thousands of jumps and I still constantly go through my emergency procedures. I sure. always and and it's funny because I, I teach it and I and this is one of the one of the few things that I that I teach and I do all the time. Every jump, I expect the worst opening of my life. Mm. So I go out, do my jump, everything else. I pitch and as I pitch, I always grip my teeth and I'm waiting. Sure. And when it's an amazing opening, I'm like, "Woo, awesome!" Oh yeah. <laughs> but when it's not, I'm ready. I'm I'm expecting the worst, and I and any situation that's going to happen, I'm going to be ready for, to, you know, go through my emergency procedures and and do them like they're second nature. I don't have to think about it. I look at it, I see it, and then I know what what's coming. Sure. Well, that's one of the huge benefits to modern canopies, though, is <laughs> they all open pretty fucking nice by comparison. I mean, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're they're a lot better than they used to be for sure. Well, we were just talking about uh, um, the differences in a bunch of canopies and, and uh, uh, upsizing and downsizing and all that. And, and you had mentioned that one of the all-around best performers you've flown in a while is the Leia. Yep. Um, hats off to NZ Aerosports. They, they've done a, a great job. Um, Julian did a really good job uh, working with the, the canopies and designing stuff and, and the test jumpers there and everything. Uh, but, yeah, the Leia is, I mean, it's an amazing flying wing. Um, no, I, I was asking you, like, what are the characteristics of it? Because I don't have any experience on that canopy. My only really high performance experience is on a VLO. Yep. So, um, I mean, it's the it's the step above what I would say the uh, the step above the VLO and the and the JVX and um, the things along the, along that that side of it. So the the VLOs and the JVXs were the first of the the cross braces. Mm. Um, this is a little bit uh, newer of a design, obviously. Um, it's a little bit uh, thinner profile. It, it's twitchier, um, just like the the Valkyrie. Um, is it? It's a it's it's PD mm. side. You know the Valkyrie and the, and the the Leia. They I mean they both fly amazing. They both open really nice. They're definitely a step above with the other ones, the the Velos and the JVXs. Sure, but um, I mean. I'm- 
they did a great job with it. <laughs> it I mean, granted, I've been in doing this a while now, but uh, uh, it seemed like they just made such leaps because it doesn't seem like it was all that long ago to me that the Velocity was the most insane canopy you could possibly get, and now it's kind of just a mid-range canopy now. I mean, it's still not a mid-range canopy. It's still it's still a high-performance canopy. Um, well, yeah, but a stiletto would be otherwise. considered a high-performance canopy still, wouldn't it? <laughs> Spinletto. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, hey, talk as much shit as you want, but I used to love my stiletto. Hey, I had one as well. Yeah, man. I had one as well. Um, I mean, they were great canopies, and they were definitely, you know, um, elliptical canopies. They were they were twitchy. They were fun. You could yank on a toggle and, and <laughs> get up get up alongside of it horizontal and, and oh, see, yeah. the, see the wing, you know, the bottom skin of the wing with the with the ground in the in the view and. Um, but I mean, the, the, it's older technology, right? The, the, sure. The the designs have come um, so much further. Well, and was, they're really questionable whether how much further they can go from where they are. Yeah, I was when I talked to to Julian Peelman from NZ Aerosports about um, all the designs and stuff, and and you know doing the next step and and kind of you know talking about the Leia and all these, and, and he's like, yeah, man, to, to, trying to kick it up that next notch is tough. Yeah, I know that they've been uh, they've been working on the Petra two for a while. Um, they've been working on another uh, another canopy that they were calling Anna. I don't know what the what the the progress is with that stuff. Sure. Right now, I know they've uh, they've discontinued the the JVX. Was always a little bit you know heard about uh, <laughs> the the JVX is right. definitely will, will always be my my tried and true canopy. I mean, it's great for freestyle and everything, but I know that it was uh, just a matter of time that they had to take the next step with everything. And sure, and you know, Leia is definitely definitely that wing so and well so and again compared to what i've flown what are the what are the flight characteristics like um twitchier um it's a little bit more ground hungry than what you're used to um great recovery great openings um i found that um the the layer doesn't seem to seek as much as um as even like my jvx used to my jvx used to be a little bit twitchier on the openings mm. have to really be square i mean the layer is still Similar, sure, it's it's a it's a next level for openings. I mean, it's a it's a nicer opening canopy for sure. Well, I mean, I learned that lesson a long time ago. The whole you you got off of the stilettos, which you would fly the opening, yep. and I mean, you were on the rear risers and you were just swinging all over in the harness to keep those things straight, and you would you would do it so automatically and so naturally that every opening was bang on straight because you were flying the fuck out of it without thinking about it. Um, but uh, I tried that on my very first opening on a velo way back in 2004 and did a high opening. So not only um, was I trying to fly the velo opening, but I was doing it at fucking 12,000 feet. And holy shit, I thought I was going to cut that thing away on my very first ever jump on my brand new canopy at 12,000 feet. Yeah, I mean, I think anything that's um, that's sub 100, um, you, you need to fl- be a little bit more aware on the openings, and you need to fly them a little bit more. Sure. Um, make sure that you're squaring the harness. You know, as everything's opening up, reach up, grab a hold of the risers, and and get ready to. <laughs> yeah. To see what's going to happen. I mean, it, it's it doesn't take much, uh, especially on the 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 high performance canopies, to have one of them take off. I mean, it's it's as little as overrolling the tail or making the you know keeping sure. the tail too tight and. The way it catches air, it may want to spin one way or the other. Sure, being off on your harness a little bit. So, I don't know if you got a chance to hear the um, the chat that I had with Luigi, but uh, you know what he's got planned. Yeah, what do you think of that? Um, 
pretty amazing. Fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) It was funny because we spent a a good part of the conversation with him telling me how, you know, he's, he's mellowed with age and, and he's calmed down. And, and uh, again, like most of the, the amazing athletes, he's, very forthcoming in the fact that he was scared when he was learning how and he didn't know if it was for him and he's so he's telling me he's getting more and more mellow and then on camera because we were on skype he holds up the new canopy from nz aerosports and i shit you not it was in a thick legal envelope (laughs) i mean you gotta be kidding me that's what are like the first thing I thought was how in the hell is that in there with the, the all the nylon and the lines as well but the lines are the shoestring little lines aren't they yeah they're probably uh 200s fucking hell dude 200 300s and now how many jumps does something like that good for the lines um it depends on which it depends on how it's packed um typically when um and every every swooper is going to tell you something a little bit different um Typically for for me when I'm doing flying competition, my I keep my line sets at about 100 to 120 jumps, and then I'm changing them. Wow. Um, and that's just just for safety. I mean, I'm they could go more than that. Back in back in the day, I was jumping um, a prototype line uh, for a guy named uh, Mark Lancaster out of uh, North Carolina. He was um, doing some some new line trims and designs and. Um, I was playing with a couple of different uh, trims that I liked, and he got a new line. He's like, it's a 180-pound test. He's like, I don't know how many how many jumps it's going to get. He's like, do you mind testing it? He's like, I'll put the line set on for, on, on for free for you if you test me and tell me how many jumps till failure. Like, sure, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, um, I mean, and I was I was using it. That was my work canopy as well. So I'm I'm working on it, you know, camera gear and everything else, and. Um, one of the one of the lines that that we had, I think I got maybe, if I'm lucky, I got a hundred jumps out of it. Really? And it and it they just exploded on me, on one of the openings. Um, I lost a couple of a couple of lines, cut it away, got it back, sent it to him, told him it was like just under a hundred, and he put another line set on and changed the trim a little bit, and we we did it again, and you know. Yeah, that whole test jumping stuff. No thanks. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing in regard to skydiving equipment I need to test. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this wasn't, I mean, yeah, okay, we're testing the lines, but I mean, I know um, Maha. Yeah. I think Maha's been on with you as well. He has, yeah. Uh, Maha was testing was testing some lines for, for PD back in the day as well. It was like a spiral twist. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to butcher it because I don't remember exactly, but I know he had he had uh, some fail on opening and other stuff. I mean, it's, it's a way... Sure. The only way to find out is, well, to, yeah. is to test it. And well, I mean, it's obviously changed dramatically. Shit, we used to jump the the lines way back in the day until they look like fucking ragged out shoestrings. But that's because we were poor skydivers. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of poor <laughs> skydivers listening. I guarantee, especially after this fucking year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I was the same way. I would jump my line sets as long as it wasn't anything that looked really bad. Um, I would jump my line sets usually until they until failure until something would blow up and then i'd be like yep i probably should have changed that yeah yeah yeah. oh absolutely yeah i mean but that's just kind of the yeah (laughs) old days yeah i mean i I don't recommend that for anybody you know use the the manufacturer's recommendations for for a number of jumps keep a log of how many jumps you're putting in your line set um especially if you're if you're flying competition wings if you're flying you know leia's uh valkyries petra's peregrines stuff like that sure by all means keep Keep a keep a good jump number. A lot of a lot of my fellow competitors, um, they know exactly how many jumps are in each line set. Sure, 
they they jump you know a canopy 10 times at the end of the day they they mark it in their in a book or electronic on their phone or something like that like mm. you know this petra has this many jumps on it sure. on a line set we so, were so they know when it's time to, to change it and make sure that it they got good lines before competition well fuck yes especially because in competition i'm assuming that's when you're pushing the absolute hardest for sure yeah yeah so you want to make sure that you're 100 percent for something like that now we were talking about uh, um getting ready from being on current you were talking about uh, emergency procedures and stuff like that and license stuff for the lower time jumpers are you recommending going out and and uh doing coach jumps are you talking about canopy course type stuff um it just depends on how many jumps they have right um i mean the more jumps you have the little bit longer we can go without without needing everything where it's a little bit more um, in the back of our of our brain, you know, people that are that don't have a license yet are going to have to do recurrency jumps, or maybe if you have an A license or if it's been too long and you have a B license or even C license, you may have to go out and um, do a recurrency jump with an instructor or with a coach. I mean, go do it. Don't don't bitch about it. Sure. Um, chalk it up to it's one of those things that we got to do to stay current. You know what we do is dangerous. Um, it's fun, but it, it can be dangerous, and that's sure. why that's why these rules are in place. I mean, other people have have. Uh, paid the price so that we can learn and we can we can have a better sport yeah well skydiving is definitely the the one sport i can say you want to learn from other people's mistakes yeah. i think what is it bill booth that says it best he said you know the gear keeps getting better and the people keep getting dumber so yeah that's kind of the, the fucked up part about it right is the gear makes up for so many of the shortcomings that uh, uh we get away with a lot of stuff that we would not have gotten away with before yeah i mean you look at the the number of jumps in between cutaways and it's gone up significantly since we started, you know, where you oh, see yeah. every 800 jumps, you'd have a cutaway. Oh yeah, absolutely. And now it's, now you're seeing, you know, people, I know people that have, that have got thousands and thousands of jumps that have never had a cutaway before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Wait. then I'm out there with, you know, 40, cut, 40 reserve rides. All right. Well, I remember vividly, uh, uh, on my first cutaway, I had, you know, less than 30 jumps and had a, uh, one of my instructors was actually jealous, um, because, or not my instructors, but one of the fun jumpers, high time fun jumpers with three, 4,000 jumps at the time. And this is years and years ago, had never had a cutaway and he's all, fuck man, I'm jealous. I'm, what do you mean you're jealous? That was horrible. He's on. No, no, no. You answered the question. You could pull the handles. You did what you were supposed to do. I've got fucking this many thousand jumps. I've still never had to pull the handles in a real situation. And I'm like, yeah, I suppose that's kind of cool. Yeah, I had my first my first cutaway was uh, under 200 jumps, and it was on safety day of all days. And nice. my, I think I had said this before on one of our podcasts. My my rigger had packed um, packed my reserve, finished it that morning. Everybody was going through doing their their safety seminar stuff, and sure. Um, it wasn't my turn to go into the the office and go through some stuff, so I actually went up and I was jumping and I cut away, come down, I interrupt uh, the DZO at the time, you know, who's also the rigger, run in, give him a big kiss on the forehead. I was like, "Thanks for the save," and, <laughs> and, nice, and walk out. He's like, "Wait a second, I just fucking packed that thing, you <laughs> cocksucker!" <laughs> nice, nice. I'm like, does this mean I don't have to come back in and do my emergency procedure review? Because uh, clearly, I, clearly, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, just did it. <laughs> Well, I think uh, uh, on the Steve Hubbard uh, uh, chat, I had said uh, my first cutaway may or may not have been a break fire. I'm not I, – I, to this day, I don't know. All I know is that it opened up in a relatively mellow turn, which now all these years later with all this experience later says probably was a break fire, but I don't know. 
I I don't know. So once again, I think I said it on that one too. Sorry, Kurt. I may have chopped a <laughs> perfectly good pack job. Um, and he had a flawless record at that. He was pissed. Yeah. Because I've never packed a fucking malfunction before, and he was not happy. <laughs> well, I mean, it happens. Yeah. It does. The, 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 statistically speaking, it's going to happen to everybody. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've packed my, my, fair, my fair share of them for myself. Most of them have been, you know, lime breaks, but. Right. I think, uh, knock wood, I've never chopped one of my own pack jobs. All of mine have been gifts from other people. Um, but I never blamed anybody else. I took responsibility for every one of them because I put the rig on my back. You know, I, I'll never forget uh, um, some guy in Paris Valley. Again, this is way back when I just started. Got all pissed off because the packing mat had uh, packed him a, a cutaway, and he got all <laughs> mad and uh, um, like threw his rig down and was yelling at the packer. And the packer just smiles and went, "Dude, you pay." I think at the time we were paying like three or four job bucks for a pack job. Yeah, and they're like, "You paid four dollars for that? Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> like really? <laughs> yeah, I got. I gave myself my last one. Did I, you? I, yeah, I had, and I called it too. I was doing a, a um, commercial, and uh, I was uh, so I was doing some some stunt work for a commercial, and I was you know jumping in uh, in a sandy area, and every every jump we were I was landing in the sand, and every jump I'd come back in and pack, and I could feel the lines getting stickier because mm. it was and you know in the middle of summer, so it was humid, and I sure. was which is weird to say humid and sandy, but yeah, um, it was humid and sandy, and Every uh, every jump I could feel it, and the the second to last jump, I I told Nicole, I'm like, I'm like man, I'm like even if I have a cutaway in this one, I was like, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna you know swoop my reserve. <laughs> right. And she's like, oh, I'm like I'm like it's I'm like I, I could feel it's getting sandier. No shit. I yep. went up, and that that same jump, I opened up, and I had tension knots. Oh. Um, just from just from the sand and everything. We'd and get I those. Just, I'd, she's like you. She's like you. Fucking you jinxed yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'd get shit like that all the time in in Vegas, and I, it's the same in Eloy, I would imagine, um, because it's so dusty and dirty all the time. Um, people, you, we'd go to Paris Valley. We'd drive down from Vegas and jump in Paris Valley. And the first couple of openings, as soon as we'd open, there'd be a huge cloud of fucking dust um, <laughs> from every opening. And a couple of people actually asked us if we were like putting talcum powder or something in our canopies to make it do that and we're like no we're just from vegas yeah you shouldn't do that no the life on the fucking canopies is through the floor in conditions like that i mean it's a joy to be landing on grass and and in clean conditions it's it extends the life of your equipment huge yeah like it's a big deal oh for sure i mean it's it I, i i was joking around you know when i when i got the canopy back after i cut it away and i was looking at everything i was like I very easily put a hundred jumps on my lines in those ten jumps. <laughs> yep, yep, pretty much. Well, sweating and and packing quick and sweating, packing quick, landing in sand and and the just the humidity from moving around because it was summertime and just yep, yeah, that'll was, do it. It was <laughs> they were doomed from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So while you're physically fucked and hobbling around like an old man, uh, you're getting ready to you're going to do canopy courses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the plan is just uh, while well, I'm still recovering from everything, just. Um, do some canopy coaching and, um, you know, you're falling apart, huh? You're falling apart. I mean, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> you're, 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 how old are you now? I don't want to say how old, how old are you now? <laughs> 42, 40 going on 62, <laughs> right? That's about what I was going to say. So 42, your lower back is fucked. Your middle back is fucked. Your neck is fucked. Your shoulders fucked. 
Both shoulders, yeah. Both shoulders. <laughs> is this all from skydiving? Um, yeah. What'd you do wrong over the years? How'd you fuck yourself up so bad? And how do the lower time jumpers that are listening not end up as miserable uh, fucking cunt as you are? I mean, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a miserable cunt. I, I, I take this pain with a smile on my face. I mean, uh, well, so that's the thing, right? Is it's, that's the, um, the overlying comparison of all our generation's jumpers is all of us have just learned to deal with constant never ending pain. Yeah. How I mean, I was really good until about eight years ago. And I had a couple of really bad openings, and that that kind of just started the sure started the downward spiral. You know, I had a couple of really really hard openings that um, that did some damage to my back um, when I had my my back surgery, and um, even though I was it recovered and I was doing really good for a while, um, it's just one of those things that you know um, you get a couple of disc prolapses and sure. Well, and here's the, the no, huge uh, uh, benefit to being a modern lower time jumper just starting, especially the ones that want to get into flying camera and stuff, is the equipment is so much better. I mean, yep. Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm the same. My neck is fucked um, because of heart openings with, you know, a brick strapped to my head. That, and that's that's exactly it. Like my, and that's the same thing, like uh, about eight years ago, Seven years ago is when I when I f- jumped the red for the first time. Oh Jesus! That's, so that's I mean, like... jumping jumping the red. I mean, it's I don't know what it what it would the equivalent would be in pounds, but I remember because I was jumping everything on the helmet with the battery and everything. I think it was eight kg. It's fucking heavy. So sixteen pounds. Yeah. On my on my helmet, every time I would pitch, I'd pitch and grab my chin cup. Yep. Well, who is it? McGowan that jumped oh, yeah. uh, religiously with the neck brace and and uh, smart. Well, he had to. He had a fucking uh, movie theater strapped to the top of yep. his head. I mean, and then and I give him credit, you know, to, to Mike and and San, uh, Tom Sanders and well, like and all those guys, Joe Jennings. Joe Jennings uh, back in the day, man. I remember watching Norman him. Kent, all um, those guys that were jumping. Re- Ridiculous camera gear. Yeah, man. Well, I remember watching uh, uh, the one that caught me off guard the most was watching the X Games. Um, Fuck, this would have been, what, mid-90s? Early to mid-90s when they were doing the tailgate sky surfing competition over the beach in California and Jennings was doing the air-to-ground transmissions. So he had that huge white transmitter uh, strapped to the top of his head, but he still had his fucking camera uh, filming as backup in case that didn't work because they had to be able to judge the competition. I remember watching that. He's on his back doing the tidy bowl carve with just that fucking big white thing sticking off the front of his head and remember thinking that cannot be good for his neck. No, I mean, it's it's one of those things that definitely it's wear and tear. Yeah. Um, Throwing a lot of drogues. Well, I was uh, yeah throwing a lot of jokes too. Yeah, I was talking uh, uh, briefly to uh, to Jennings because he's gonna. I'm actually gonna be sitting down and talking to him on an upcoming episode. Mm-hmm. And very uh, nice. I was giving him shit. I'm like, so you know, by the way, you're the one I have to blame for you know fucking major neck problems over all these years. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, oops. <laughs> but I mean, I think it was. I think it's Joe that used to jump wings on every jump, mm. just so he could slow down the opening. Yeah. Um, last time I saw him, um, he was even, I think he was even jumping him. So he would have like free fly pants on with, with, um, like a modified wing jacket. 
There's I, mean, a, I mean, he would free fly with it and everything, but when it came time to deploy, he used the wings to slow down a little bit before pitching. Now, I've been out of the, the work jump thing for a very long time, especially shooting camera. I stopped shooting video in 2005. Um, but for a long time, wings seemed to kind of go away. A lot of people weren't jumping with wings anymore, but I've seen this huge resurgence now where pretty much every camera flyer I see is flying wings. They're just free flying the shit out of them. Um, yeah, I mean, it just it just depends on where you are. And there was that 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 period of time I started with wings, um, got away from them, went back to them. And the main reason why why I went back to the wings and, and got away from, from flying uh, with just a jumpsuit on is because of the position, mm. right? I don't want to be underneath a tandem. Yeah. It's illegal for me, especially as an examiner. Sure. Right? If anybody flies underneath me, I we come down, I pull them aside, and I have a little talk with them about, you know, sure. what's going on. Um, there's no reason, you know, I think, uh, I forgot where the, where the fatality was, where the, the camera flyer was flying underneath, had a premature hit the, the tandem. Yeah. Tandem the, passenger the tandem was his passenger. The tandem passenger, I think was his mother. It was mom. Yeah. Um, and, and there, there was a fatality because of it and there's just no reason for it. And I think that has a lot to do with why, uh, wings have come back because it allows you to, to stay away. Sure. Um, and, and you know, you're still able to fly around. You're still able to go to your head and carve around the the tandem if you want to, or or orbit around on your feet. You know, there's it just gives you more power. I had no choice. Safer. I had to fly wings. I mean, from pretty much the time I started flying camera, I've gone between an 180 to, to almost 200 pounds without gear. Um, I fall like a fucking brick. I'm five nine. You know, yeah. uh, so I fall like a brick strapped to another brick. I go fucking fast. So if I don't have a big set of wings on me, I'm not going to be able to fall slow enough to film at least half of the tandems that come out. I used to love it when I was shooting video and saw these big fat guys come out to jump. Bring it on. Now I don't have to work. It's going to be easy. I just <laughs> exactly. get to I get to relax on this jump. You know, they'd, they'd assign me the, the little teeny little next to nothing Japanese passenger. And the entire time, I'm as big as you can possibly get with zero range, praying to God that the tandem instructor takes a pity on me. Well, yeah. I mean, I've I've had that. Luckily, I've worked in a, in a lot of places where either the manifest staff or the, the jump staff that I worked with were, were really um, were great guys and girls to work with. I mean, they would, they'd sure. be willing to switch if, you know, if you had somebody, if I was paired up with a, with a small tandem instructor and they had a small passenger, I could go to one of the other videographers that was smaller and lighter than me and be like, Hey, please, please. Would, would you mind? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll buy you a beer later. <laughs> Just <laughs> swap me for this one. Yeah, for sure. Or if they paired me up with somebody for the day, I'd be like, would you swap me for the day, please? Right. Right. Beer, beers on me. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and they were, they were nice enough to do it. So oh, fair enough. And, I mean, there's always those those times that you got to work a little bit harder. So now back to these uh, back to these injuries, you old fucker. Um, you you envision being able to get back in the air? I would assume. I really hope so. Mm. I mean, it, um, this isn't maybe not to the to the level that I was that I was working at before. I don't know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be the guy out of the drop zone doing you know eight hundred thousand jumps, hmm. you know working jumps. You know, Ooh, does throwing. that even sound appealing? Right now it does. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Right now I would I would uh, I would sell both my left and right nut just to get back up in the air. Um, it's been for sure. This is the longest layoff I've had in my entire career. So yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, there's times that we just gotta stop. And luckily, um, with with everything that's happened, with uh, as Kevin Hart says, vid nineteen. <laughs> mm, yeah, no shit. Um, with everything that's happened with COVID, I mean, it's it's a perfect time to to be down and 
getting everything fixed that needs to be fixed. But yeah, I mean, it was it was going to be either now or later. So I might as well take the downtime and and get the stuff because I've been get everything fixed. I mean, I've been I've been working injured for the hmm. last three years. Well, were you like me? I I was horrible with. Um like stretching and all that stuff. I was big on strength training, especially when I started doing tandems because I knew that that was going to really come in handy, especially the upper body strength to be able to, you know, flare out those old F-111 tandem canopies and and handle the massive fucking loads uh, that you'd have to deal with. Um, but I was horrible with flexibility. Like to this day, I'm, I'm still, the same way. I think that's probably what fucked us up more than anything. Uh, yeah, I mean... Newer instructors and and jumpers out there definitely uh, not saying you have to go out and become a professional yogi, yoga, but um, stretch. But stretch. I mean, stretch out your neck, stretch out your you know your shoulders, especially you know people that are that are newer swoopers that are coming up through that are wanting to become competitive swoopers. Start st- stretching your shoulders out. If you're a tandem instructor and you're you know doing a bunch of jumps every weekend or every day, stretch your shoulders out, stretch your neck, stretch mm. your back. You know, it's it's only. It's only going to help you. It, it can't hurt. I think I said to uh, uh, Omar when I talked to him on here um, that at uh, Eloy, I remember walking out, and I think it was Sean McCormick uh, was doing yoga uh, on the mat with a bunch of people every morning in Eloy. And I was out there with a friend who was getting licensed, and I remember walking past the mat going, what the fuck are those guys doing? Because I didn't think anything about yoga. This was a long time ago. And uh, now I wish <laughs> – <laughs> yep. I wish that while she was jumping, I had been having Sean McCormick teach me fucking yoga. Um, yeah, I mean, walking around the drop zone and, and um, seeing uh, Soul Flyer, seeing Fred and Vince out, and, and Vince, uh, may rest in peace, mm. um, would always be doing doing yoga in the morning. And yeah. I, you know, and um, I remember for for a while when he when he would come out to the job zone there wasn't anything and then um one time he showed up and he was he started doing yoga and i was like what are you doing he's like man he goes i started doing yoga not that long ago he's like and and i noticeably feel better Mm. um every day especially if i if i'm doing it a little bit before i start jumping he goes i feel a thousand times better at the end of the day and at the level that they were going at and and especially flying those powered wings doing the Jetman stuff was so physically demanding because i mean they made it look so easy flying the wing that it looks like they're just along for the ride and you don't realize that they are using every ounce of their every inch of their bodies and they are you know the control surfaces and it's extremely physically demanding yep. like those jumps were beating the living hell out of them or can't even call them jumps those flights were yep. beating the living hell out of them so uh, you'd have to do stuff like that yep. and he said it was it was doing it was doing wonders for him and after he uh, after he said something about that I, I started you know taking it a little bit more serious i mean he's, he's a he was a good friend and and somebody that i that i looked up to with with some of the skill that he had i mean sure um i realized that you know all the stuff that i've seen people doing over the years you know maybe a few of those people may know a little bit more than i do right. about right. about certain things and um with he was when he was saying that you know he was just feeling that much better at the end of a day of jumping i was like I yeah. should probably start stretching a little bit. For sure. Well, I remember uh, um, when I was lucky enough to do the formation flights uh, with them when they were doing that. You were around too, and they were we were forming up, and the Jetman was flying with the Twin Otter. Yeah, yeah. And I, was, I, was, I was shooting shooting photos exactly. out, of, out of the back of one of the Twin Otters. Exactly. And we were all lucky enough to be formed up. And I remember looking out the the fucking windows. I'm flying the Otter at Vincent Fred, and it was uh, was it Ives there as well? Eves, yeah, Eves yeah. there as well, and uh, um, all three of them. And I'm like. All right, these guys are just kind of 
the, the next level human <laughs> with what these fucking guys are doing. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I think I've got I've got a pretty good pretty good shot, and it's just of Eves and uh, and Vince, and they're they've almost got the edge of the wing inside the door, mm. the jump door of the otter. Oh, was that the otter? Yeah, it was the otter. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, I, was, I was shooting out of the back of one of the otters. I was Absolutely, photos, it was just it was incredible to to see to see it that close. Well, and who was it when we were flying the Sherpa? Because uh, I was flying the Sherpa, and they were forming up on the back of the Sherpa because they wanted to see how close they could get before they were in the wake of the plane. <laughs> and he practically flew into the back of the plane. I don't know if it was Eves or Vince. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't there for that one. I heard the stories afterwards. Oh, I think you had said something to me about it. And dude, and one of course I couldn't look because I was flying the fucking plane. And the way the Sherpa was set up, there's no way I would have been able to see where they were anyway. But I remember being, you know, they're yelling and everybody screaming and having a blast as I'm flying the plane. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is this is crazy. Next level human flight for oh, sure. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you got somebody like that, um, that's Pushing the limits so hardcore, uh, saying stretch, maybe, yeah, maybe listen. I'm, I mean, I wish I would have listened years ago. Yeah, all those 20 somethings that are just getting started, or even if you've been jumping for a while, but you feel great, but you're not stretching and stuff, fucking start stretching. Take it from a couple of old guys that are paying the price for having not done it. And I'll tell you what, with everything that that uh that's happened that's kind of shut us down for between covid and and for winter times up in up in parts of the states and parts of europe i mean this is a time when we're when we're not moving as much as we're used to is when mm. we start feeling all the aches and pains that we've that we've accumulated over the years so oh, dude i don't know about you but three nights a week i go to bed with an ice pack yep at least or wake up and go get an ice pack which is a very odd thing because if you had told me when i was in my 20s that eventually i would be able to fall asleep <laughs> better with a fucking ice pack on me but now it's almost a, 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 the rest of me is nice and warm and it's my little comfort pillow is this little gel ice pack that stays cold for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got to, I've got to alternate some days it's cold. Some days it's the heating pad. It just depends on, on what <sighs> my body's telling me, but um, I've definitely, I've started waking up and, and doing some, some yeah. self physiotherapy, some stretching and some, some moving around just to kind of get everything loosened up. And between pain and piss, I don't sleep through the night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got that old man bladder that's what the problem Dude, is Dude, <laughs> man well i told you i'm 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 trying to stay super healthy so right now i'll only have coffee in the morning and then i'm drinking just fucking water which i'm i you know i i know this shit keeps me alive but i'm not a big water fan um but now i'm drinking like three or four liters of water a day and i'm just yeah it's crazy but it's yeah but it's but it's help but it's help so um moving on into 2021 you're doing canopy courses you're also doing some traveling yeah yeah planning doing some traveling doing some um hopefully doing some stuff with some teams doing a little bit of coaching and stuff like that nice um we'll see what happens we'll see when my body is ready to get back up in the air but uh, I'd love to be able to start jumping now, but um, I just need to be smart about it. Yeah, for sure, for so sure. It's gonna it's gonna happen, but um, need to get healthy first. And once I'm healthy, then then the sky's the limit. Are you looking at uh, thinking about competing again? Um, I would love to. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, if there's depending upon what what's happening with uh, with Swoop Freestyle, if if uh, they get some venues, if some stuff happens uh, with the freestyle side of things, I would definitely consider doing that more than um, traditional. Uh, can't be piloting competitions. My, not sure my my body will handle jumping with all the weight. It's one thing if I'm doing XRW, I can 
kind of take it easy on myself. But if I'm pushing and I'm I'm charging for the box or I'm charging for distance, taking those hits, then you've you've had sure you know a, a bunch of canopy pilots on here. You've you've talked to a bunch of them. I mean, it's it's wear and tear on our body for sure. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's let's be honest, I'm not getting any younger. Nope. No, nope. I would I would be uh, open for for some competition. Awesome. Um, but awesome. Get, get healthy first, and then go from there. <laughs> all right. So if you're going to be doing some traveling and you're doing uh, a potential canopy courses and all that stuff, how do people track you down again? How do people follow Mr. Ludwig? Um, they can get me on my website uh, www.davidludwig.com, or they can get me on uh, Facebook, which is uh, David Ludwig and then quotations Junior. Um, grab me on Instagram, David Ludwig, and uh, yeah, get a hold of me. Send awesome. Me, send me a message, and uh, if I'm in your area, or if you guys are in my area, I'd love to uh, to get hooked up with some people and teach them some stuff. Awesome, awesome, man. Uh, good tips for uh, for taking care of gear. Good tips for trying to take care of your body. Uh, thanks for sitting down. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me again. All right, fucker. See you later. Later. See ya. All right. Once again, that was Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you by the greatest magazine in the known universe, Blue Skies Mag. Head to blueskiesmag.com to check them out. Also brought to you by Pussfoot.com, the extreme sports collective. Head on over to Pussfoot.com and check it out. You need a pilot rig. You need the greatest pilot rig ever built. Summit Parachute Systems. You're also going to go to Summit Parachute Systems and Mr. Jarrett Martin to get yourself a rigging course as well. Go check them out. Me, I am the Princess Pilot. Uh, you're going to find me on the fucking pilot.net where you're going to get links to all of these uh, uh, podcasts as well as both the books that I've told you about way too many times. Once again, thanks for coming out. We'll see you next time.